Hello, welcome to uh, Guru and Gooner. Um, my name is uh, Ryan, along with Elliot. Um, Elliot's in a bad mood. Well, kind of a good mood. Um, your one of your uh, one of your key pieces just re up for five years, and another one of your uh, pieces is acting like a little like a little baby. So why don't you start us off there? Yeah, obviously we're in a, we're in a very uh, delicate situation with everything that's happening at the moment. Um, we come off this big, uh, you know, big victory, first trophy in 14 years. Roma are just kind of in a space where they haven't been in a long time. Mourinho comes in, we win a trophy. You know, I, I could care less about sixth place finish, whatever. We, we, we obviously wanted to, to finish higher than Lazio, but that doesn't happen. We win a trophy. And then we're handling... So far, the the window very very appropriately, I guess. Um, we we get um, um, Nemanja Matic for, for free. We we got a, a future a goalkeeper for the future for free, and we spent seven million on a, a French league winner in um, the, the Turkish uh, center, uh, right back to give um, I guess Roma a little bit more depth at that position. Um, going for for next season. Yesterday, Gianluca Mancini uh, reached an agreement on on a new contract, uh, keeping him to, at the club until 2026. Um, we're linked with several uh, big names, semi big names. Um, we're we're working we're working on uh, on deals to try to um, bring in um, you know some 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 more help in the midfield. And at the same time, we're having to deal with this, with this drama with Zaniolo now, who I guess doesn't want to be here anymore, um, which is fine. But it, it's it's come to a point where it's it's childish now. It's like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a holdout kind of, except he wants to leave, and he he's not he's not gonna um, join the team for preseason um in general but he's he's going at great lengths to get his move um first of all not not so we played we had a preseason uh, friendly earlier this week he supposedly wasn't available because of injury he was not injured he was per- currently he was he was perfectly healthy last time he played there's been no training or anything he's been on holiday there was, there's been no injuries associated with him um, ahead of this this game, um, we had other people who weren't there. Um, Pellegrini and Abraham weren't at that game, but they're still on uh, vacation. That was granted. Everything's fine there. But he, so he, it comes across that he has an injury, and that's why he's um, unavailable uh, for the club um, going uh, for that particular game. And now it comes out that he's basically. Uh, refusing to to join preseason um, until he gets his move. Um, Juventus, obviously, and Roma are going to uh, come to an agreement at some point, but you still got to show up and do it. Um, Justin Clivert, uh, another player who's who's technically Roma still owns, um, he comes into the situation also likely to be leaving. He still came to preseason. He's still training with the club. Um, that one, I don't know for sure, but it is, does seem like he's going to get a permanent move to, 
either Marseille or Lyon. That's what he wants. I, 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 think, I think that's what he wants, but he still showed up. He played the game um, earlier this week. So Lewandowski is planning to show up for preseason for Bayern. There's lots of players who, who want to be leaving their clubs this summer that are still showing up for training. So there's no excuse for him to act this way. He's acting like a little brat. Um, and and remember, he's not good enough, too, by the way. This yeah. ain't like Lewandowski putting his foot down. This ain't like Lino Messi in his prime putting his foot down. This ain't like Killian Mbappe or Benzema or Luka Modric, whoever, putting their foot down and, and refusing. You're, he's fine. He'd make a good uh, good starter. Um, he'd obviously get into Liverpool's team because they're just terrible. But um, I kid, I kid. Definitely a Man United star. But what do you think his mindset is? I don't know. Um, I think it's one of those things that he thinks he's a little bit better than he actually is. I mean, I don't know the, the exact statistics from the game, but four goals, I don't even know what it is. It's like four goals, five assists or something like that. Not bad. He was brutal for most of the season. He had a couple of great performances that covered up a lot of the cracks that he showed um, last season. Um, he had that great game against Atlanta. He had a good performance against Bologna. It was a disappointing report performance, but that was a really good performance from him. Then there was the hat trick in the Conference League. And then I wouldn't even say the final was a great performance. It was right place, right time for him. Because if, if you remember on that in, in that game, it was the ball from uh, Mancini that set up the goal. He just happened to be in the right place to – to, to score and outside of that in that game he was he wasn't bad or anything but he wasn't he wasn't like special or or, or something like that and you're, you're you're talking about a guy coming off two knee surgeries who played pretty i don't know he, he was okay last year he wasn't terrible wasn't good either and now this guy thinks he's he's something and in the regards to the move to Juventus, there's three different people who've come out, not against the move, but some some criticism. Uh, Roberto Mancini, um, the uh, the coach of Italy, said he's 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 very lucky. I didn't I didn't really go and uh, d- dive deep into that. Um, a former Juventus legend came out and said he didn't he doesn't understand the interest and he doesn't think Zaniolo would fit the team. And then, um, and then Capello, uh, Fabio Capello, come out and said, basically, um, he's he's on the verge of wasting his talent if he's not careful. So none of those comments at all suggest that we're talking about a player that's a young a young player that that is has huge potential. There's there's hesitation on a lot of different things in regards to whether he should make this move or this is above his head, which Juventus have problems, but, but, and, and they've, they've done decent business. I didn't love the Pogba deal. I like the Di Maria deal, but, but overall Juventus does have really good players. And I think they're going to fight for champions league, just like with everybody else this season. I think they probably get it. So when you have people respected people who are coming up and saying, 
no, uh, this isn't the move. I, I don't know. And I, so I think he, he kind of believes his own hype a little bit. All right. So overall, how, how do you rate Roma's window so far? Um, it's hard to say because I think that, um, that there's still much to be done and there's still plenty of time left. Um, we got, to, I, I like the business we, we've done so far. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, but we need, we need midfield. That should be our focus for the rest of the window. Um, and a replacement for Daniel if he leaves, uh, which he, he should. Although at this point, I, I kind of we have we we're gonna make money off some of the sales we've already made. Um, there's a few few sales that we've done so far. Half of, part of me just wants to keep him on the club on the on the team and not play him. So, you know, we don't care. You're gonna sit here. You're not gonna play a minute, and 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 we're you're just gonna waste a year of your career. It's a little petty, but that's, that's kind of how it feels. But anyway, so you're, you're talking about getting a, a winger or, or another midfielder right there. Um, Zaha has been the a name thrown into the hat for for that. Um, so that's a possibility. And I, I don't know the, the details of that as of late. Um, we're still negotiating for the uh, uh, Pellegrini's friend at, at Sassuolo. I think that deal is eventually going to come to, p- to play. But it's just taking a long time because the the negotiations are, are a little stingy for for how it's being it and it's, it's become that. But it, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel here as it does look like um, that they're going to lower the price just based on um, the fact that that uh, um, Frauzzi or whatever his name is I can't pronounce his name um, is basically saying I'm not I want to go to Roma that's the only team I'm interested in. So that one should should clear soon. Um, we've also been linked with with Sabitzer. We've been linked with Mario Pasalik. We've been linked with Husan Awar. Uh, there's a lot of other link was, uh, link. There's a lot of deals that we are being attached to. Um, but the priority, and again, the Dabala thing initially seemed like impossible. It seemed like just a dream of mine. Um, but that actually now, where we stand with that, it is somewhat possible, so I believe that Roma are going to continue to work with that. Um, they they spoke to him or spoke to his agents earlier this week. Inter out of the running. AC Milan and Napoli is not possible. So in Italy, it is, Roma's their only his his only option. Um, and then he has some interest from uh, Spain with Atletico Madrid, uh, and then there's Manchester United links as well. But I think. I think Atletico Madrid are probably the favorites, but Roma, I think, do have a chance to to bring him into play. But uh, I don't know if that will happen. But it does seem like it's it's no longer impossible. Not to say I think it's going to happen, but but it's 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 a possibility if if uh, if things go well. But but the first thing first is getting the deal done. We're already negotiating. Secondly, then worry about about Dybala or any other type of moves that we're we're going to make for the midfield. All right. And since we're in the middle of a kind of a lull, Jao Felix, your golden boy, the one you said that could set the trend, be the next. He had the goal scoring abilities of Ronaldo, the playmaking abilities of Messi. He was going to be a combination of some of the greats ever, even a little bit of um, Ronaldinho. 
what in the and now I want you without blaming Diego Simeone, what has happened? Well, <laughs> um, it, it's it's hard because I just think it's kind of in a poor situation. Um, obviously, a lot of money has been spent in in him. Um, they have a lot of, uh, you know, they, they, they invested a lot. He's not done as well as he should have done during this time frame. Uh, I still have hope for him to, to be something special uh, in the coming years or so. Um, but I, I just – I don't want to blame Simeone, but he's not in, in the system, a system that that, that shows his qualities uh, because obviously, you know, Simeone is a very defensive type of manager. Um, and again, I'm not blaming Simeone. He should operate his football how he, he sees fit. Um, but the other part of it is I think he may have made the move initially prematurely. He did make that big splash from from Benfica uh, into the the move to Atletico Madrid. He did win the league. He has shown moments, um, but I think the frustration is just consistently hasn't shown the moments, and and he either needs to figure out a way to thrive in that system or find a solution to uh, to get him into a better situation. Because I think in an attacking system, he. He scores uh, big, big time goals. Well, you know what? You may be right. This World Cup. <laughs> do you think he can? Do you think maybe he can finally prove himself for Portugal? Uh, yeah, if he gets an opportunity to do so, um, I, I think it's it's definitely a possibility that he could he could make something happen. Um, but it's, I think it's just going to come down to whether he's going to be given an opportunity um, to do so, um, which is, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not certain just because Portugal is, is very talented uh, and has, has a lot of, you know, incredible uh, t- people, you know, players in that team already. So for him to, to really thrive, he's going to get an opportunity. I think he has it, what it takes in him. So it's not, it's, I think it's just a sense of, all right, he just needs to be put in a position where he can show the world what he can do. Cause we remember the, the breakthrough he had at Benfica to where he, to where he is um, now. Um, he's not been given those opportunities um, necessarily. And if he's put in a position to do so, um, I think, uh, you know, the, the sky is the limit, at least, uh, potentially. And um, we'll have to see what happens. But I think with him, it's just a case of being put in a position. Because if you're a striker like Holland or like Mbappe, you're going to find ways to be effective in the game, even if your manager isn't the most attacking-minded. But with an outside player like Felix – he can't be used as a left wing back and he has to be kind of thrusted into an attacking system. So that's, that's the reason I still believe in him. I still think he has the qualities. Um, but I think uh, given being given an opportunity to force school help and either being put in an attacking role 
in the the football Atletico or getting a move to somewhere where it would be uh, where he'd be able to thrive easily, much uh, more easy. I mean. All right. So, question is: so Is he at Atletico after January? Sorry, say that again. Do you think he'll be at Atletico after January of this year, of next year? Boy, hold, hold on a sec. I'm having a slight sound issue. Just give me one second. All right. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Can you hear me? Yeah, I have a. Sorry, I have a new phone. Um, and I whatever. Um, I, I well, have a new phone, and um, it doesn't have a headphone thing, so I, I have to kind of operate through Bluetooth. But I'll just use it without because uh, I can hear you better one just like this. All right, sorry about that. Just repeat the question. Uh, we'll edit that out during uh, post production. But anyway. Do you think Jal Felix is on a new team come January? Uh, I doubt it because the team that works the best with it, with him um, particularly, I think it's a, it's a situation where the, the, team, the team that makes the most sense is Barcelona. And they're in a tr- they're, they're, they just don't have money. Um, and it looks like they're going to try to sign Rafinha. So if they sign Rafinha... He's that 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 closes a door for him to to, uh, to pay, possibly go somewhere else. Um, in addition to that, they're trying to get Lewandowski, which won't happen because they're not they're not they're not they're not bidding the amount of money that, that he's worth. And then on a third, um, and obviously he's going to cost a good amount. And I I just, I just don't think unless they start making sales in the next couple of weeks, I just don't think. Um, They'll have the finances, um, th- enough finances to go into a situation with him getting an, a, a route to, to one of these teams. Now, obviously, AC Milan would be great. Um, this is another one I, I, can, I can think of with Felix. Uh, sorry, not Felix. Uh, Liao on 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 um, on one side. You can put Felix on the other, and they still need somebody in the middle. And I, I don't know why they haven't signed a striker. Uh, at least a, a real striker. I know they got D, uh, or um, whatever, do from Liverpool, um, Origi, um, but that he's not an answer. It's like a, a consistent number one striker that's going to give you the amount of goals that they need to put pressure on with Inter and some of the other leagues, or other other teams. Because if you look at their their teams, um, there's a lot of teams have top strikers. AC Milan is one of them, so maybe they'll prioritize a move like that. But that would make sense. Man City would make sense, but I, I think they're loaded pretty much everywhere. Um, so then I think it's 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 just gonna I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a little difficult for him to find a landing spot. Um, at least right now, um, I could see landing. Uh, I, I think there'll be more opportunities for him to leave next summer. Um, but if I were to guess, I think um, Atletico Madrid would be uh, a, a spot um, for him um, where he. He may not be able to thrive in that situation, but I just don't see him getting out of that situation until maybe next summer, unless something unforeseen happens. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I hope – I don't see Diego's not going to change the system or anything like that, but, but I hope something um, can, um, can happen. But I, I think we're, we're looking at 2023. All right. Now, how far is Barcelona falling? 
not only do they are they broke, but Danny Alves has completely disassociated himself with the club concerning disrespect and how, the way they treat their legends. Uh, obviously, I, we don't know the whole story, but after how bad Barcelona's been run, I kind of believe him. What is your take on this? Oh, he's not he's he's not wrong. Um, remember Messi leaving? A little press conference. That's all. He, that's all you got for for their greatest player in in club history. Um, not the greatest player go, ever. Yeah, obviously. Um, I I think that's yeah. I, I you know I know I feel that way. Um, but just in general, for for a player of his level, for for the, considering what he did for them. A press conference isn't I don't think is is enough. And I know it was it wasn't possible for them to re-sign Messi because of La Liga. But my question is in, in a situation like that, why didn't they sue the league? Or or at least some sort of legal action so they could sign the player they wanted. They just gave up on him, like, okay, fine, he can leave. That I mean, there. I mean, and remember, Alves, Danny Alves signed for I don't know what it was, like a like a dollar, or it was something crazy, um, a pound a week, or I forgot what it is, but of a very, like a very um, affordable deal that wasn't going to cost him much. He's released from the club after last season. Um, there's questions of whether he was the right person, like if he if that move was was a good idea, but I think as far as how you handle those situations, I think they need to, they need to be, uh, they need to do a lot better um, in all aspects of it. And unfortunately um, they're just, uh, as far as money, they're, they're in horrible debt, but the least they can do is, is be, be forward with what they're planning to do and what they're doing. I mean, we remember Suarez. He wasn't. He wasn't part of their plans. He leaves. Wins the wins La Liga, and they didn't give him anything. Suarez has done so much for that club, even in his time there, and probably out. If you take Messi, uh, Messi seasons out, the the greatest season I've ever seen outside of a Messi season is that year. In 20, I think it was 2015, 2016, when Suarez had uh, 59 goals and 24 assists. And so just on that season alone, and not to count what he did in the Premier League, nothing, but just on that alone, they should have given him some sort of um, farewell, even if he was going to be leaving the club. So I think they just they just handle their internal affairs very poorly, which used to yep. be not the case. It used to be Real Madrid that handled their Legend poorly, but now it's the other way around. Yeah, which they actually have. Um, Real Madrid. Um, not much news. You think they can run it back and win the Champions League again next year? Um, I mean, it's hard not to pick them. Say that again. It's hard not to pick them. You yeah, know? I mean, I think just just on the the thing. I think it's easier. I think it's it's hard to win back to back, just because of some of the other great teams that have won Champions League, and the perception of okay they're going to win again. Um, but they just dropped a hundred million on a on a 
a 21-year-old midfielder with with the Mbappe thing falling through. If he if he gets off to a good start and he thrives with with the team that's already there, it is going to be hard to to see past them. Again, I need to stop picking the same two teams in the Champions League final year in and year out. But it does does I just have a feeling it's going towards Madrid and Bayern. And I know we haven't seen that, and we don't know how all the matchups are going to go in their direction or not go in their direction. But that's what it just seems like to me. I think those are the two best teams. Um, whether Lewandowski's there or not is, may change that. But are, should be the favorites because they, they won it last year. They've won it more often than everybody else, and they have a team to do it. And the Benzema scoring, the goals he's scoring – it's going to be hard to look past uh, what they can do. Sure. So, Benzema, is he – see, this is really hard because has he found, like, the fountain of youth? Because what is he now, 35, and he just came off his best season ever? Or has he had better seasons and people haven't noticed him because of the, the issues with France and Ronaldo being their top player? Um, that, that's a difficult one to say, because I think it's hard to say whether or not that is his best season, just because if you look at the, the years he's had, but it's just, they had Ronaldo in there as a superstar. Um, he's had, he's had some years and he's 34 years old. Um, he'll be 35 in December. He's another guy who's, who's operating highly, being highly productive late in Um, last year he had 44 games. That's probably his best ever season. But if you look through the years, though, he ended up putting up, and the numbers he put up is if wasn't occupying 45 to 50 goals a season, he could have shown at this level. Uh, before that, um, but I think I think Benzema is is if, if you're talking about the best players in the world, I think of it as a mountain. Robert Lewandowski is on the mountain, and Benzema is just is on, like on the same step, but he hasn't doesn't have two feet on it yet. So I would still say Robert Lewandowski is the best player in the world, but. Benzema's right there. That's the only player I can really say, okay, has a legitimate argument against uh, Robert Lewandowski. And obviously, there's the the outlier, Neymar Healthy. He's obviously top, top, top. But that's hard to – because he's always getting injured. But the best two players this season, last season and in general, have been Robert Lewandowski and Kareem Benzema. And I, there's nothing – there's no evidence to say – Oh, this is gonna. This is going to just come down. It's gonna stop because when players like Ronaldo, Messi, there was a point where, and still incredible players, but not the level, not prime level anymore. You could take. There was a sense that the prime level was was in the past, but they were still great. There's. I don't. I don't. I don't feel a sense of either Robert Lewandowski or Kareem Benzema as prime level. Um, uh, uh, at least declining prime level. I, I think they're still at that peak, 
and there's no evidence to suggest they aren't. All right. Um, so Cristiano Ronaldo came back to United for the year, um, had his big farewell toward England, sporting uh, – going to Lisbon, I, I assume, or sporting club. Maybe. I don't know, though. I, I, it's, I don't know what's happening, actually. It's, it's really hard to say. I mean, you follow him, obviously. You're a big fan yeah. of CR7. Of course. What do you think has gone wrong these past? Because ever, ever, Juventus was not great. Um, he comes into United, and it's just been, like, weird. Because he's still going out there and scoring at a high level, but he's not the same Ronaldo, which obviously age, everything, plays a factor. But what do you think – what do you think is going on with him right now? And why has the situation with the past two clubs he's been at just been ending so weirdly? Well, it's hard because I would say the, the, the primer Ronaldo is something that people have been, been saying about him, but it's, it's actually been many years since we've seen primer Ronaldo. I personally would say primer Ronaldo was probably his first year at Juventus. They ran the league. He was he was great. I still think. I mean, if you look at that season, I think the Barca outplayed him. But I still thought we were going to see Ronaldo at that high level. And granted, that year he scored the least amount of goals he's scored in Serie A. That was his best season by far. I think if you ask any Juventus fan, they'll tell you the same thing. At least a, a non-delusional one. Um, that was his best. He continued to, to, to progress and do things. And, and obviously, I think, I think he was still very good this year. He was good the year before. Um, it's, it's hard to say what's going to go on and what's going to happen. I don't think Man United are going to sell him unless he, he basically um, sits out and doesn't and refuses to play. He'll have to force their hand because what are gonna, Man United going to do then? They're going to have to get someone else to score his goals. And if you're looking around the Europe, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult to find someone who can score their own goals. Man United are gonna do what's best for Man United, and Ronaldo's sure. gonna try to do the best for Ronaldo. There's two sides of this. First thing is Ronaldo doesn't have that many years left. And we talk about this a lot, and I don't think it's actually a conversation, but some people still still bring this up. It's the Messi versus Ronaldo. Who is the GOAT? Right? And yeah. I think there's not really a strong case for Ronaldo, and even though he's an all-time great and, and his peak is incredible, all this stuff we can say this. But if you just if you if you just break down their careers and what they and their abilities, Messi wins that every single time. I'm sorry, he just does. Again, Ronaldo's more clutch. I can admit that. But if you're comparing two players, Ronaldo's always going to be on the wrong side of that. So the way someone can get at the rights, the way Ronaldo can can platform himself to do that is by winning trophies. And he's not going to win trophies at Manchester United. It's just uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, that their feeling this year, if I must say, sorry, their feeling this year is the Europa League in fifth place. Would you? Exactly. Have- I don't think that's good enough. Look, no. when we have these debates. People not from our generation, if you look at the – they're going to have the same debate about Messi and Ronaldo. We're going to tell them Messi. Um, but if, he's, if Ronaldo scores enough goals, 
and he wins more trophies in another league, it's going to, again, not going to change my opinion and shouldn't change anyone's opinion. But for the, for the generation coming up, it might. So, and unlike uh, Messi, and I, this is not a shot. I don't, I, don't, I don't think this is a negative thing. Ronaldo seems to really care that people think of him as the greatest uh, player ever. And because his motivation is that, I think he's after numbers and trophies because he wants to put himself in the best position to, to be the head of that conversation. So yeah. to do that, he's got to go somewhere to win. Okay. And maybe back to sporting. I've heard Chelsea. Bayern is, is brought up, but Oliver Kahn says that, um, that's not an option for them. Um, whether Lewandowski just stays or not, they're not going to pursue Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, so Byron's out. So it's Chelsea supporting. I don't know what else it could be. Maybe PSG. I think that would be stupid. But 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 he wants to figure out a way to get into a situation in which he can be confident in his abilities to do something uh, special um, and to win and to do these great things. So that's part. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is. Cristiano Ronaldo knew what he was coming into. He knew no, that man. He knew there was a lot of work to be done. He knew that even though they were bringing in some some big name signings at the time, he knew the environment he put himself into. And this this is something I would challenge Ronaldo on. And I know he wants to win trophies. And I get all I get all that. Do you remember when he moved to um, Juventus and said uh, this is a, a great a, a, a you know like a huge challenge? Do you remember that at all? Yeah. So the challenge that he spoke of at the time wasn't a challenge. We saw Zlatan go to AC Milan, who hadn't won for years. He comes in, and he's not the reason they won, but he won the Serie A with AC Milan, which in, in, in terms is more valuable than what Cristiano Ronaldo did at Juventus. And remember, in the Champions League with Juventus, they went out to Lyon, Ajax, and um, Porto. So it wasn't a great run. Um, but if you're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo wanting to, to, to do something incredible, want le- legacy, legacy is about this is the biggest challenge he's ever going to have. If oh. he can get this Man United team, which isn't that good, into the Champions League, win a trophy, he can leave next year and leave Man United in good place, or he can, he can keep a good running. If you're leaving now, it's, it, it comes across as coming in, I did what I could, now I'm leaving. The problem with, yeah. with all this is he knew the situation he was coming into. So it didn't go as well as he would have liked. But he can't be stunned on how the season went because of the, this, the season, uh, the, the years prior. He knew the situation, what the situation was. At least at Juventus, you would give your, yourself a legitimate chance to win trophies. They, Juventus went to the Copa Italia final, they lost to Inter. If Cristiano Ronaldo is still there and he's in that game, they they very maybe could have won that trophy. So at least at Juventus, he had an opportunity to win trophies and he will be in the Champions League. So given all of that, he knew exactly what he was putting himself into. And it's to the, it's sort of like, He's surprised that it didn't go as well as he thought it would. But 
at least at Juventus, you had all those things. So I think the mistake here was leaving Juventus for a team that Juventus had their issues, no, no doubt. But we knew they were going to make the Champions League. It, it was just going to happen. And we also yeah. knew that Man United were going to struggle. And they were going I – mean, look, Liverpool and Man City, basically, unless, unless you look like a Leicester City who had won the, the league in FA Cup, the trophies available to other teams in England is small. And he knew that. He knew his best-case scenario was top three and a run in the Champions League game. He knew that he was going to have issues winning against those two teams. Now, that may be a challenge for him, but he knew what he was going into. So as much as I empathize with him wanting to leave, I think it all comes back to the decision he made to leave Juventus. Because Juventus found a way. They, they got into the Champions League. Ronaldo left. They struggled the first half of the season with uh, Alvaro Morata and Moise Keane up top. It was, it was a disaster. In January, they get Vladovic in. He scores, I think, in 18 goals for Juventus, second half of the season. They have a guy up top who can deliver for them. He is just coming back. Got Di Maria now and Bogba and others. I think they position themselves well. Again, I still don't think they went in the league. I still don't think they'll be in a title race. But they're going to be in the top, top four. They have a chance to win some trophies. So you get what I'm saying? It's like Ronaldo knew where, yeah. where Man United were. And now that it didn't go his way, it kind of seems like running away. He stays and brings this to relevance again or something, wins a trophy, whatever it is. I think that will be perceived better than him running away. And again, I don't blame him for wanting to leave. But my only issue with all this is he knew what he was coming into to begin with, which makes everything kind of a little uh, gloomy as far as what's going to happen. As far as what will happen, I have no idea. Um, I think it'll be Ronaldo will have a hard time finding a, a, a team to go to. And I think Man United are going to be reluctant in letting him go. All right. So now to, uh, my, my notes here, my next topic. Um, Danielle's going to love this one. Uh, Scudetto winners 2021. Correct. Copa Italia winners 2022. Inter Milan have. It's like they're on the cusp. And don't get me wrong, winning the league at the Copa Tie is great, but I don't think they've really broken, like they've shattered the glass ceiling. Like they're like, there's so many cracks in that glass ceiling, and they just need to put their, take their fists and jam it through it. Like, what do you expect out of Inter this season? Because obviously the last two years have been successful. You go home with a trophy, I've always said it, whether it be league, your um, domestic cup, a European trophy like Roma got this year. You had a decent season. What does Inter need to do to finally smash through that glass ceiling? I, I think, again, I, I said this last year, and I didn't know what was going to happen with the rest of the league. I didn't know Ronaldo was leaving. I didn't know what was happening with Alonta. Um, I didn't expect Mourinho to win the trophy his first season. There's lots of stuff that we can't predict. Um, they are the best team in the league by far. It's not even close. And I hate – people hate when I say that, Juventus fans – AC Milan fans, but AC Milan still haven't addressed their biggest issue. I know there might get Renato Sanchez, which would be, would be an amazing signing for them in the midfield. Um, it does there. I think they're, they're losing Frank Kessie. So, but they're, they need it. They need something like that in the midfield, but up top, it's still, I don't know, Zlatan, Giroud, um, um, Origi, 
and Anton Rebic. So let me let me just put this to in this way. AC Milan have a good enough team to compete with them, but without a top striker, it's not going to work. Because this is the problem with not having a top striker. Alonso has a top striker with Moriel and uh, not Moriel. I, I, I say just about now. You look at uh, um, uh, uh, Fiorentina potentially has him with with um, Lukiovic. You see what he's done when he's not in the Real Madrid kit. He's a much different player. You look at Inter, Lautaro Martinez and Lukaku, both top strikers. You look at Roma, they have Tammy Abraham. You look at Juventus, they have Dusan Vladovic. You look at Napoli, they have Osimhen. You look at um, Alatia, they have Shiro Mogwai. You see the, the gaps that AC Milan are leaving? Because th- there's a common denominator here. All the top teams I just listed, all of them have almost a sure thing at, up top, except AC Milan. Now, if AC Milan went and got something from this, um, a at least, at least to some level in that in that area, it'd be a different situation. Because if they get a top striker, then the gap is smaller because now they have someone that can give you 25 goals. Now, AC Milan might be able to give you 25 goals at that position, but they would have to do it with three different people, not just one. Um, and I know uh, Rafael Liao is a boss, uh, and he'll get his 15, but – but they need someone up top to do that. So because of that, and again, this might be harsh in this moment, they enter have to win the title. It's title or bust. Um, they need to win the title. I, Copa Italia, I think they should win that, but I, I don't think they're going to. I think it'll be like a Juventus or a Roma or some, someone like that. I don't, it's cause they're in the, I don't think they're going to get knocked out in the, I think they're going to do well in the Champions League. They got, Can I give you my opinion really quick? Go ahead. It's Champions League semifinal and the league are bust, in my opinion. It depends what else they get, but they have a good enough team right now. They have the depth. They have the starting yeah. 11. Um, if they're able to hang on to Skriniar, they have the best defense in the league. Uh, they, got a, they got a goalkeeper that won't that, – that, uh, that will be able to perform regularly. And, again, I think, I think Daniel's too harsh on Sandanovic. I think he's been really good. But he's had one or two moments where the ball slipped through his hands, unfortunately. Um, but now you got a goalkeeper who's, who's capable of doing well consistently and not having to worry about that issue. So they have everything together for them to be able to perform at a, at a high standard level. So they got to win the league first. And again, this is the thing about Lukaku's thing. Lukaku, as a number two or three, this team will not lose. I mean, they'll probably lose a couple of games, but but they're they're. I think they are head head and shoulders the favorites. Lukaku doesn't come back into this team as the man. He's not the man anymore. The keys to the ignition don't belong to him anymore. This is Lautaro Martinez's team, and as long as that they play that way, and as long as they don't force it to Lukaku, and as long as as the role of Lukaku is to assist Martinez and have his back, then I think it's it's it's. They don't have issues. Now, if, if they make – if they force the ball to them, I think Inter are going to struggle. But if, if, they, if they play this the right way, there's no reason they should, should, shouldn't be going on deep runs. And I think – like, if you look at the semifinal, I think it's very achievable. Because if you think of the semifinal, you think of teams like Man City, Liverpool, Bayern, Real Madrid, Inter. So they're in that – not necessarily in that tier – 
but they're in a space where they're capable of that. But then these need to make the quarterfinals. They can't go out in the round 16 again, and now they are Liverpool. But they did beat them at Anfield, and in the first leg, there were circumstances in which they could have won that game too, and they just fell, they fell short. Um, but I think the Inter need to go for – I don't think they're going to win the treble, but they got to win the league for sure. A big Champions League run, and I try to get the Copa Italia, but I don't expect them to because they're going to be focused on Champions League and the, the league. So. Yeah. I, it'd be nice to see the Italian team win it, even though it would be them. I mean, do they have a shot at all? Like, if you had to give them a percentage chance, like realistically, you know, like, first of all, we're smart enough. No team has a 50% chance of winning because it's such a crapshoot, you know, because yeah. it's two games of the final. But if you had to get, like, right now, I'd say my top two are, are Byron and Real Madrid. I'd give them 15% chance to win it. Is that fair? Each. Inter? No, Byron and Real. I, those are my top two. I think they both have about a 15% chance to win it next year. Um, yeah, I don't so, know. That, that seems a little low, but I think that, that's reasonable. I, I don't know. It's hard to say what the percent chance is because of all the other teams. I, I, I think – I don't know. I think that's fair, though, I guess. They, they have a chance, though, is what I'm saying, injured us. Yeah, they do. I, I don't think it's a very high chance. Um, I don't think anyone has a like a 50-50 chance. But me yeah. personally, I think I would say Real Madrid and Bayern probably have 40% chance. I would say uh, Man City have a, I don't know, 30% chance. I would say um, – I don't know. I would say I would, I would give Inter actually about a, a 15% chance. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Ah, that's low, 10% chance. I don't think it's going to happen because obviously there are other teams that have can answer all the questions that, that Inter might have. Um, the Inter have depth, and that's great. They don't have the depth that City have. They don't have the depth that Bayern have. They don't have the depth that Real Madrid has. They have, the, they have a really good starting 11. They don't have a better starting 11 than Bayern. Real Madrid or Liverpool. So, regardless, they're going to, that's the type of team that they're going to see in that situation. I do think that there's a chance, though. Uh, and I guess you could throw PSG in there, but I, I just I just assume they're going to choke out. Um, but I, I think among the Italian teams, they do have the best chance. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to judge. I think I could see them winning a couple of trophies. All right. So very good. Um, Arsenal got Jesus scores two goals in his debut. No, it's preseason. What do you think about that move? Do you think like it finally pushes them to top four? Um, I don't know. I again, I'm I'm slightly an outsider this um, for for Premier League stuff, but I'm I'm going to try to watch more this year. Um, and obviously, I I've explained my frustrations with it. I just. I can't deal with with unentertaining football, as as dull as that might sound. But based on what I'm seeing, I would say, I, I would say for sure, Liverpool, City, Spurs. I think those three are are to me are, are shooing. Um, so that leaves one spot left, and that comes down to Chelsea or Arsenal. And I think how this is going to be decided ultimately. Is I think the squads are very similar. Um, obviously, the, the new orders of Chelsea are going to try to be aggressive and do some things. 
Um, they just got Sterling. They did. And it, they're closing on a Koulibaly, which makes me happy because it's going to weaken Napoli a lot defensively. Um, they're also in the, the lit um, a sweepstakes, but I do think he's going to end up at Bayern. Um, so I think it's going to – this might sound kind of weird, but I think it's going to come down to who had a better summer, which signings will be more impactful in their teams. So if Jesus with with Arsenal gets off running, scores the goals, kind of takes that responsibility and the pressure off the rest of the team to do so, I think Arsenal are going to be good as long as the rest of it doesn't collapse. If if Raheem Sterling goes to Chelsea and you see that that they, that form that he showed the year he scored 32 goals, then Chelsea have the advantage. It just depends on who has a better summer. Because I, I actually think it's a lot closer than – much more closer than people think. Um, and I think both of the managers, both at Chelsea and at Arsenal, um, don't have a long leash. And I think it will depend on, on getting off to a good start. Just because I yeah. do think it's going to be close in the end. I know a lot of people probably think Chelsea are going to do well again. And I think they're going to do well. I think they're both going to do well. But they – Lukaku was, was a mess there, but they don't have another striker in the, in the team now um, to do that because I know Raheem Sterling's more of a wide player. He'll score goals, but they don't have they don't have someone in the middle to score, and that would be my concern. At this moment, I would slightly favor Arsenal, but if Koulibaly signs for Chelsea, then maybe I would shift the other way. I, I think it's just really close, and I'm not the best person to ask this, uh, I'm sure Premier League fans will have a better take on this, but from the outside, it does seem that Arsenal have a slight edge. Um, but it'll just depend on the, what's what signings coming. All right. So who? Before we wrap up, who is your donkey of the week? Um, donkey of the week. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Wait, you go first then. Zaniolo. Oh yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah that. I was going to say Pogba, but but yeah, Daniel Daniel's got to be the one. Yeah, we're not. Even, well, you know what? Before we end, though, give give me your thoughts on Pogba. All right. So here's the deal. I um, I I said I said what I said a few weeks ago. Um, I don't. I'm not backing off of what I said. Um, but then I had a very um, um, intellectual exchange with probably the most the most um, unbiased Juventus fan on the planet. Um, and so initially I, I my thing was this was this was a, a bad move because of, of all the stuff Man United and Juventus fans are gonna gonna try to make this about all oh, Man United's fault Pope didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't want to be there. So whatever you want to say. But then after talking to him, I kinda get what he's saying because He's basically – he's not saying that he's going to be amazing or, like, the, the world's best midfielder like a, another U that fan told to me. Um, but he's – Allegri's a donkey. We all know this. He can't coach his, his way out of a paper bag. But he worked well with Pogba in the past, and I think Pogba's not going to be surrounded by guys like Marquisio, like Pilro, like uh, Arturo Vidal, like Dabala. 
he's going to have Locatelli, McKinney, Zacharia. And there's no disrespect to those players because I think most of those, all of those players are, are, are quality. But it's not going to be the same world that he was in uh, prior to that. So when he comes into a new situation, um, it's, it's not the same Juventus. They're not nearly as strong as the one, the team he left. Um, I do worry about the um, the attitude. I do worry about his disruptiveness. I do worry about whether or not he's going to have, if he has four or five bad games in a row, is he going to throw his toys? I do think, I stand by the fact that he's a bad attitude. I don't think anybody would really push back against that. And the Juventus team right now is slightly dysfunctional, so I do have a concerns about what his impact will be in regards to to that. Um, but I do think there's there's a possibility that I think he's gonna. I think he'll do pretty well, though. I don't think he'll be a superstar. And he starts if he starts being sick. I'm just assuming it's because of the environment, because the the, the only other other environment he was in he wrecked. So if he does well. Is based on circumstances, and I—that's what I can say now because he was great with Juve. He's great with France, and he's not that—he wasn't good with Man United, but he created his own demise, I think. So I'm not as like this is the worst move ever as I was maybe a couple weeks ago. But I do think that this is not a good move and not the right move because of the current situation there. But then Di Maria arrives. And I think he's a winner. He's someone that, that has experience. He's someone that can keep the locker room together if needed. Then you have Vladovic, who's going to score 20 goals next season. You have Chiesa coming back. Zaniolo potentially coming in. Um, but at that point, kind of, if Zaniolo comes in, I think he's the, mo- he's the person who needs the most concern than... Um, and Pogba, considering the way he's behaving. Um, but if Di Maria and the leaders of the – and the, the, the absence of, of Cialini – or sorry, from, from Juve, the defense, I'm a little worried about. The, the lids leaving, they need to sort up a defense where they're in big trouble. But I don't think that Pogba necessarily would be toxic. But, again, his bad attitude is probably the, the number one thing I'm worried about. But, but I think with Di Maria going to be in, with Juventus – I think he he has he's he's a leader. He's been around. He's one with Ronaldo. He's one with Messi. Um, he's someone who can who can take the step back uh, and do the humble thing and, and make sure that the locker room doesn't get out of hand, even if they're being managed by a donkey. But I think I think that that him being there will help Pogba not be as big of a problem as I maybe originally had uh, had speculated. All right. Well, thank you very much, my friend. Um, We'll catch y'all uh, in a couple weeks as it is the summer, but we'll be back weekly once the season starts. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Uh, go Arsenal, and see you later.